Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Crooked Conversations is brought to you by Blue Bottle Coffee. Blue Bottle Coffee? John? Nothing compliments a crisp winter morning quite like a cup of coffee. Uh, We live in Los Angeles. But not just any coffee. I'm talking about delicious, flavorful coffee that'll change the way you look at coffee. Okay, that sounds good. Blue Bottle Coffee provides the most delicious coffee in the world right to your door. Right to your front door. What's that at the door? What's that at the door, Angela? It's Blue Bottle Coffee, Rick. Oh, it's going to be punchy today. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Your Blue Bottle Coffee is fresh. It's roasted and shipped to your home within 48 hours of placing your order so the beans arrive at peak freshness. Angela, be careful. Those those. Those beans may still be hot to the touch from the roasting. Rick? <laughs> you know when I, li- I drink my uh, blue bottle coffee? When? When I'm listening to Mukta in the morning. <laughs> oh, Mukta in the morning? It, it's my favorite It's the internal show. crooked media morning show hosted by uh, Mukta. <laughs> our, our awesome producer. producer. There's coffee and there's blue bottle coffee. What's the difference? Well, for starters, blue bottle has an insane dedication for Ooh, coffee. Cool. That's what it says here. It was in bolded, too. That's his bolded, insane dedication. They searched the planet far and wide to secure exclusive relationships with independent <laughs> growers all over the world. <laughs> okay. To cool. source only the most delicious and sustainable coffee there is. And nobody takes freshness as seriously as nobody. Blue Bottle. There's literally no one. No one. That you can find that takes freshness. That's not the other competitors. Not Chris Dodd. No, no, Three people no got one. that joke. That's why they roast and ship your I coffee beans within fine. 48 hours of roasting. We already got that. So they arrive at peak freshness. We got that too. Let's move on. Are you worried about flavor? No. Now I am. Don't, I wasn't before. Well, now don't be. I just brought you back. Don't Oof. be. Take Blue Bottle's coffee match quiz to find the perfect coffee just for you. From blends. It to says a, that I'm gay. <laughs> 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 From blends to espressos to single origins. I Blue know, Bottle like 23 and me. <laughs> Blue Bottle Coffee has it all. Hurry to bluebottlecoffee.com slash convos oh, for $10 no, off I thought your first I was doing the Blue Bottle order. Coffee quiz. Turns out it was 23 and me. I don't have a coffee flavor. <laughs> I have a new brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's bluebottlecoffee.com slash convos. Bluebottlecoffee.com slash convos. Get fresh coffee and a new sibling. (laughs) (laughs) Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Crooked Conversations. I am Crooked contributor Simone D. Sanders, and today we're going to have a real important conversation, but probably on a topic that you haven't even heard of. We will be talking about the Sinclair Tribune merger deal with FCC Commissioner Ms. Jessica Rosen-Warsel. And if I could just say I'm super excited to talk to her uh, because this deal is so dangerous. Sinclair's proposed merger with Tribune has raised concern that, you know, the company may be planning to start a Fox News-like conservative television network. Um, Possibly, and I mean, this is just possibly, but possibly using Tribune's WGN Superstation in Chicago as a command central. That is dangerous, and 
I mean, who we talk about a free and fair open internet. We talk about diversity in media and having the opportunity to, yes, have access to conservative outlets, but also liberal outlets and everywhere in between. And the danger of this merger with Sinclair and Tribune is that Sinclair would become a monopoly. They'd earn, own more than 72% of all the local television stations, and they would have not only the opportunity, uh, but the say-so over what folks are seeing on their local news. It's about half of Americans get their local news news from television broadcasting. In other words, that is still the essential place that people go to learn about their communities, to learn about campaigns that affect their communities. And it's unbelievably important that we have a diversity of viewpoints and owners when it comes to broadcasting because they affect local journalism. So that's something that concerns me. I hope it's something that concerns you. And I'm so glad that we have uh, FCC Commissioner Jessica Rosenworcel with us today to break this down for us, tell us more about the deal, uh, talk at this from quote-unquote all sides, and let you know what else you can do to raise awareness on this issue. Also, we'll have a net neutrality update because I know you guys want to know what's currently going on with net neutrality, how you can keep the drum beating on that issue and hold the FCC commissioners, but also our members of Congress accountable. So let's get into it. Greetings, everyone. Simone D. Sanders here. Again, you are one of your favorite Crooked contributors. I'm really excited because today I am sitting down and chatting with FCC Commissioner Jessica Rosenworcel. And if I could just say, uh, Commissioner Rosenworcel, that it seems as though the women on the FCC Commission are the only ones out here, or one of the main ones, uh, really making sure the American people are informed and abreast of what's happening at the FCC. So on behalf of all of the American people out there, thank you. Well, thank you. And thank you for having me. And I agree with you. Women are working hard these days. Women are working hard. You know, I I fully believe it's the ladies that are going to save the world, the ladies and the millennials. So uh, we appreciate your work. So today we're here because I got some questions. You know, there were all these headlines over the last couple of months um, about the FCC weakening limits on owning TV stations uh, and easing something called the Sinclair Tribune deal. So one, if you could just explain to us what the hell is going on over at the FCC right now. Uh, with these limits on owning television stations, then we're going to jump into a deeper conversation because I think this is something folks out there should really be concerned about. You're right. Media ownership matters. I mean, it it says so much about who we are as individuals, Mm -hmm. as a community, and as a nation, what we see on our screens. It's still where our dominant narrative is for this country. And for decades, the FCC has had policies that have made it possible that a lot of different companies can own broadcast medium. That's important for competition, for the diversity of viewpoints we all need in this country, Mm -hmm. and for making sure that local communities get coverage. And those values may not be especially trendy, but they're rock solid. I think they're ones we should still support. And yet what I'm finding at the FCC now is we are burning those values down. To the ground, it sounds like. Yeah, we are changing our rules to make it possible to have this broadcasting behemoth that is going to control access to so many households when it comes to what you see on your television screen. We are right now looking at a transaction that would combine Sinclair and Tribune, Mm -hmm. and it would allow them to reach an unprecedented 72% of our nation's household. No other broadcast company comes even close And that will change what we see, hear, and learn every time we turn on the television screen. 
Got it. So, so one, for folks that don't know out there, you know, Sinclair is the Sinclair Broadcast Group, and it's an American telecommunications company, and it's owned by the family's founder, Julian Sinclair Smith, um, and uh, th- their programming skews skews a little bit one way. Some might argue, you know, you can't say it, I'll say it. But it skews, some of the concern is that uh, Sinclair is very keen on a particular type of programming, especially when it comes to politics. And so some folks out there are saying that this merger and by Sinclair being able to own, you know, up more than 70% of what folks are viewing on their local televisions will influence also the types of programming that they'll get to see and the types of views that they'll uh, be exposed to. So I think that that's one of the concerns folks have. So my question really is, when did when did this all happen? I, I don't I don't think it happened overnight. Um, so tell us, when did this happen? How did this come about? And uh, what are the developments right now? Yeah, well, you know, the opposition, I'll point out to this transaction, is it really comes from all sides. It's really about how big you'll let our broadcasters become mm-hmm. and how much that will change our conversations in this country. And we've had conservative outlets complain about this transaction. We've had public interest groups who are more liberal than not also complain. So it's across the spectrum. Across the spectrum. Everybody is concerned. I'm particularly concerned. uh, (laughs) I'm getting that. For clearly of the reasons uh, (laughs) aforementioned. So how did this come about? How long has this been going on? So, you know, uh, some striking things have been happening under the radar at the FCC Mm -hmm. on media policy. For the last year, we've made enormous, far-reaching changes when it comes to our media ownership policies at the agency. And if you add them all up, they have one thing in common. They all seem custom-built for the business plans of Sinclair Broadcasting. Mm. So you have to ask why. And many of these things are, like I said, under the radar. We reinstated a discount system called the UHF Discount for how you count how many television stations a company has, it benefits Sinclair Broadcasting. We put in place a new television standard for which Sinclair Broadcasting owns the essential patents. Really? We changed our policies about having to have a studio in the, serv- in the community that you serve. That's something that Sinclair Broadcasting was advocating for. So across the board, we are making changes like I said, that are custom-built for this one company. And I think that that is a strange way to develop your national policy. It's very strange. And it, it would seem as though that uh, this was this was just ta- – this is essentially tailor-made for Sinclair. And you have corporations that are coming in lobbying um, essentially ag- against – you know, we talk about a free and fair open internet, a, a free and fair open television process, right. telecommunication space. Yeah, and broadcasting matters. Look, broadcasters use public airwaves, and the FCC gives them a license if they serve their communities. Mm. And we want to make sure that we distribute those licenses broadly, and we have a diversity of viewpoints. And that's really the whole policy here. And it's the one we're watching erode in real time. And that has me concerned. And some others, too. I mean, members of Congress have spoken out. They've asked for the chairman of the agency to recuse himself from this transaction. They've also asked the inspector general Mm -hmm. of the agency to investigate the kind of favoritism we're showing to this company. And I think both of those things are unprecedented. So um, I'm hopeful that more people will pay attention 
to this issue. Well, yeah. Speak up and speak out. Speak up and speak out. So where do things stand right now with this Sinclair Tribune deal? Is it happening? Is it not happening? Like, where are the developments? Tell us what you can. Yeah, sure. Right now, the transaction is being reviewed by two government entities. Mm -hmm. The FCC is one of them. The review is ongoing. The other entity that's reviewing it is the Department of Justice, which is trying to figure out if there are any antitrust problems with having one company own what's going to be more than 230 broadcast stations across the country. And that review is also ongoing. But it's my expectation that in the next few weeks, we're going to see some decisions out of both of these agencies. And I'm worried that we're going to just allow this company to become this new broadcasting behemoth that is going to have unprecedented reach into all of our homes. It's just so crazy because, I mean, for folks listening, look, Sinclair would end up, if this deal went through, Sinclair would end up with a total of 223 TV stations serving more than 108 markets, including 39 of the top 50 markets that cover about 72% of the U.S. households. Like, that's crazy. I mean, it would gain presence in the top three markets, such as like KTLA in L.A., WPIX in New York, and WGN in Chicago. This is literally like a monopoly on the on television stations. I don't understand how people are outraged about this. And, you know, it really matters because if you look at the research from the Pew folks, what they tell you is about half of Americans get their local news mm. from television broadcasting. In other words, that is still the essential place that people go to learn about their communities, to learn about campaigns that affect their communities. And it's Unbelievably important that we have a diversity of viewpoints and owners when it comes to broadcasting because they affect local journalism and what that local news tells us when we sit in our households and listen. You know, um, I I just want folks out there to know that you have really been beating the drum on this issue. I mean, you have been quoted saying, you know, instead of engaging in thoughtful reform, you know, this agency, i.e. the FCC, sets its most basic values on fire. And as a result of this decision, uh, wherever you live, the FCC is giving the green light for one single company to own the newspaper, multiple television and radio stations in your community. So, I, I mean, what can people do about this? If they are upset, uh, you know, if they're hearing this and they're like, okay, this tickles my fancy. I think I want to do something about it. What can folks out there listening do? How can they affect this conversation? I believe we need to make a ruckus. (laughs) Yeah, I'm here for a ruckus. Here you are. I think you're down for that. Um, We need to make some noise. I would say anyone who cares about this, who cares about letting a company get this big using the public airwaves, should write to my colleagues at the FCC. We listen. I think they should also do the old-fashioned activity of picking up the phones and letting their members of Congress know, because uh, I think when you make that kind of noise, you get more attention. And I'm hopeful that we can get a little more attention on this issue before both the FCC and the Department of Justice make a final decision. Okay, y'all, yo, you heard the commissioner. Call the FCC, write the FCC, also call your members of Congress. You know, Senate Democrats did call on the FCC's inspector general to launch an investigation. Uh, so they are paying attention. So let them know that... Uh, you too care about this issue. I just think it's crazy. You know, so much has been happening at the FCC over the last, I I would say, year, really. Like, 2017 was an action-packed year for the FCC. Crooked Conversation is brought to you by Ring. Sorry. Crooked Conversations is brought to you by 
R? <laughs> yeah, I guess R. Crooked Conversations are brought to you by Ring. Ring's mission is to make neighborhoods safer. Hmm. Would you guys say Crooked Conversations are is. is? I mean, I think it's fine to say both, but Crooked Conversations is a show. We never say mm-hmm. Positive America are brought to you. You know what it is? You know what it is? Crooked Conversations, not, crooked not, conversations um, is a show. Right. Yeah, it's a show. Which it's is singular. where we house Crooked Conversations, which are great. The conversations are good. Yeah. No, I know. I'm saying it's both. You can go either way is the point. We're keeping all this in. What was this an ad for? Crooked Conversations is brought to you by Ring. Ring. Crooked Conversations are brought to you by Ring. Ring's <laughs> mission is to make neighborhoods safer. Today, over a million people use the amazing Ring video doorbell to help protect their homes. Um, we have a neighbor. This is maybe a little too much information. We have a neighbor who has uh, one too many late night parties. And once in a while, I consider uh, letting Pundit poop on that neighbor's lawn without picking it up. But then I notice that they have a ring and I'm like, am I under surveillance? And then I pick it up. Wow. Good st- it's not Andy and Molly, no. <laughs> no, no, they're not the neighbor, but don't even worry about it. <laughs> they know, though. They know. Ring knows home security begins at the front door, but it doesn't end there. So now they're extending that same level of security to the rest of your home with the Ring floodlight cam. Huh. Just like Ring's amazing doorbell, Floodlight Cam is a motion-activated camera and floodlight that connects right to your phone with HD video and two-way audio to let you know the moment anyone steps on your property. See and speak to visitors. Even set off an alarm right from your phone. With Ring's Floodlight Cam, when things go bump in the night, you'll immediately know what it is. Whether you're home or away, the Ring Floodlight Cam lets you keep an eye on your home from anywhere. Save up to $150 off a Ring or security kit when you go to ring.com slash crookedconvos. Ring.com slash crooked convos. Again, with a different code for every ad. That's ring.com slash crooked convos. Crooked Conversations is brought to you by Sleep Number. Four. 28. 32. Maybe you've considered a sleep number bed, but thought you couldn't afford one. But can you really afford another restless night's sleep? I cannot. Hmm, Think about that. We have great news. Right now, during the Ultimate Sleep Number event, you can save 50% on their Ultimate Limited Edition bed. The Sleep Number bed lets you choose your ideal comfort on each side, so it's the perfect bed for couples. Their newest beds are so smart, they actually sense your every move and automatically adjust so you stay sleeping comfortably throughout the night. Wish I could get a partner that did that. <laughs> you know? Something like that. Joke like that. Good joke. Please, Please. you know, take my wife. <laughs> you know that old joke? Huh? They even have an adjustment for snoring. Does your bed do that? Wait, no. I wish my wish my wife, Angela, would do that. <laughs> Sleep number beds cost about the same as a traditional mattress, last twice as long, and 9 out of 10 owners recommend. Come in during their ultimate sleep number event and save 50% on an ultimate limited edition bed. Plus, <laughs> queen mattresses start at only $699.99. Huh. How about that for a price? Pretty good. Sleep number now has over 550 stores nationwide. Find the one nearest you. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. At sleepnumber.com. I can't let you-
let you go without talking about net neutrality. You have to give us a net neutrality update. Like, so what what is currently happening? We know that uh, a couple weeks ago that I, I guess more than a couple weeks ago now, but we know that uh, the FCC essentially voted to end net neutrality uh, sometime into, at the end of 2017. So where are we now? What is happening? What about what can folks do that are still fired up about this issue? Well, for starters, I voted to continue net neutrality. Come on so now, you I voted opposed, what, Commissioner? You voted I what? Oppo- I supported net she neutrality. She supported it. Again, I did. The, 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 the women on the FCC commission are going to save the world. So you voted to, yeah. to, to continue I, net neutrality. I, I made a ruckus. <laughs> I made noise. I talked to anyone and everyone about the future of the Internet being the future of everything and openness being essential Mm -hmm. to our civic and commercial success going forward. Despite what I thought were my absolutely terrific arguments, (laughs) my colleagues did not agree. And so they voted to roll back net neutrality and change the kind of fundamental building block of the Internet and web experience we have today. And as a result of that rule, our broadband providers now have the legal right to block websites, to censor content, and to engage in sweetheart deals or pay-for-play prioritization online. Mm. But a funny thing happened after the FCC did this. We awoke a sleeping giant, the American people. They were not happy. No. They let themselves know. In droves, they were calling the agency. They were calling Congress. They're calling their state houses. They're writing editorial pieces. They're posting Everything that they care about with respect to Internet openness online and anywhere where they can get an audience. And what's happened in the wake of this totally misguided decision is we've seen now legislation in state houses. We've seen Hmm. Nebraska, Nevada, Massachusetts, California and other states decide that they're going to try to do it for themselves. Just yesterday, the governor of Montana decided that state contracts with communications companies would have net neutralities built into them. The governor of New York just agreed, I believe, to do the same thing. So lots of state and local activity. We're also, we've seen about um, more than 20 state attorneys general are going to take the FCC's decision to court, try to overturn it. Okay, okay. And in Congress, we have a really active effort to overturn the FCC's work through the Congressional Review Act. In fact, right now in the United States Senate, we are, I believe, at 50 co-sponsors of the legislation to overturn the FCC's poor decision on net neutrality. And I think we've got more than 80 that are part of the House of Representatives, too. And perhaps we can move that legislation along because that would go back and erase the FCC's handiwork and put net neutrality back in place. Mm. So legislative efforts in the state, in, in Congress, efforts in the courts, we're getting a lot of noise out there, so I think the momentum is still there. Momentum is there. People continue to beat the drum on net neutrality, continue to call the FCC. I want you all to blow up their phones, as well as calling your members of Congress, because it clearly matters. They're clearly listening. And while we're calling on net neutrality, we have to beat the drum on this Sinclair Tribune deal. Um, and the, the the rolling back, it's more than just Sinclair and Tribune. I think it's really the rolling back of these rules and regulations that were previously in place at the FCC because today it's Sinclair and Tribune, but, you know, next year it could be somebody else. Yeah, we rolled back some policies, again, over my objections, that limited the number of stations you can own in a community. 
I just don't think it's good for the diversity of viewpoints and diversity of news and information in this country if we let one company own almost all the media outlets in a town. I think that has real consequences for how we get the information that everyone needs to thrive in a democracy. Mm, absolutely. It's pretty well, basic. It's pretty basic. <laughs> I, I mean, I think we would all agree uh, that you want news that is free, fair, open. Just I mean, wants you, lots of sources. Lots of sources. We The, the, the variety, variety is the spice of life. Isn't that what people used to say all the time? Yeah, I think diversity <laughs> in media ownership means we're going to get lots of viewpoints and they'll, we'll hash them all out in the court of public opinion and try to figure out a way forward. A lot of that was dependent on some structural rules that made sure that we had diverse ownership. And like I said earlier, we're burning some of those down. So what... You know, we we have now seen two very high profile from net neutrality and now the Sinclair Tribune deal, um, these deliberations coming out of the FCC. What can really happen? What institutional changes at the FCC at the FCC need to be made so that, you know, rulings like this are not coming down? Real good, sound policy is not being rolled back. Like what what changes can be made at the structural level of the actual FCC? So. Folks, we don't have to get to a place where we are activating the activist base, where we have uh, sound commissioners making sound policies and sound decisions uh, for the American people. Well, you know, it's funny. When I first was appointed to the FCC, if you told me that anybody knew what it was, I would say you were joking. (laughs) But here's what's crazy. Over 24 million comments came in to the agency and our net neutrality record. And I think that There's something good about this. People are paying attention. They're making noise. They got to keep it up because they got to remind people that Washington can't be just acting for what the people in Washington are talking Mm -hmm. about in their insular circles filled with lawyers and lobbyists. They got to listen to the rest of the country. And when the rest of the country makes a ruckus and makes noise, I have some confidence that over time, the agency is going to change its ways. So keep on doing it. Keep keep the energy out there. Keep it coming. Keep the energy out there, y'all. And uh, I would encourage you to vote in 2018 and 2020. And maybe we can get some get some additional commissioners uh, on the FCC uh, that will um, vote to protect Americans and keep the Internet open, free and fair and uh, not roll back these very sound and needed policies. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Where can people find you on the Internet? Oh, my on gosh. Twitter. Where can we you find bet. you? I'm on Twitter on at J-R-O-S-E-N-W-O-R-C-E-L. What's that one more time for the people? Where can we find at J-R-O-S-E-N-W-O-R-C-E-L. It's long, but I'm the only one out there with that. That's my Instagram, too. <laughs> and Instagram. Yeah. So please, uh, again, folks, keep the pressure up. We have amazing commissioners who are fighting for us, fighting for the people, and frankly, just fighting for what's right uh, on the FCC commission. And we need to support the work that they're doing, but also we need to help them make a little noise and a little ruckus. You bet. Thanks so much. Thank you. for listening everyone if you liked this conversation please rate us on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcast again this is cricket contributor simone d sanders and i will chat with you next time there are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home to move closer to family live within a smaller budget or just wanting a change of scenery 
Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.